0: In this location was because she had a brother that lived about seven miles away in a town called Quincy. So, this fresh start ended up being exactly what Sue. Instantly stopped her in her tracks. Bodies covered in blood were scattered in the living room. Sheila would later say, quote, I was not sure who the bodies were. Everybody was tied together. End quote. These bodies her mom, but she did notice a hammer and a bent steak knife. With adrenaline pumping through her body, she dropped her stuff and ran back to her friend's house, screaming at the top of her lungs. Sheila rushes into the Sebald's home, and she's screaming about they decide to send their older son, Jamie, to the sharps' cabin. So Jamie Sebald quietly walks around the cabin because he doesn't know if the killer is still in the home. But as he's investigating, he looks through a bedroom window and sees the three little boys unharmed sound asleep in their beds. Rick, Greg, and Justin are helped through the bedroom window and out of the cabin by Jeannie Siebold, who was just trying to get the boys out of the cabin as quickly as possible without letting them see the gruesome scene on the other side. Seabolds had notified the owners of the resort where the cabins were located. results would reveal that the victims were stabbed and beaten with two different hammers. One hammer was recovered at the scene, but the other was missing. The degree of brutality of the case led investigators to believe that this attack had been personal. Suspect had likely been there for a while. The two teenage boys had been tied up and tortured, leading investigators to believe they were looking for multiple suspects. There were no signs of forced entry, and police were able. So... Siebold family had heard anything. A woman living in another nearby cabin said she had awoke and heard what sounded like muffled screams around 3 a.m. The sound was so disturbing that she and her boyfriend got up and out of bed and looked around to see if everything was okay. so they had just gone back to bed. The first person of interest was Sue's ex-husband, are alarmed by what they hear, especially when they learn Jim's favorite child had been Tina. So, police believe that perhaps Sue leaving him and taking his children away from him was pretty good motive. Investigators track down Jim. They had NCIS. under surveillance. had never noticed men like coming to the home or Sue leaving often, so police quickly dismissed those theories. (laughs) They do believe that Tina's abduction with Tina Sharp. Tina had been attending Quincy Elementary School at the time of her murder. Her teacher, Joel Lisby, was questioned because he was her teacher and police were hoping that perhaps he would have some information that was helpful in their investigation. desk, and a picture of her in his home. Witnesses placed Lipsy at the Getty bar the night of the murders, but police were never able to tie him to the crime because he had the alibi for the night in question, but he eventually left Getty and was later arrested for molesting. decide to take a look at the case from a different perspective. What if Tina hadn't been the target at all? What if Tina had been taken to throw the investigation off? So, they decide to switch gears from trying to solve the child abduction and instead, sheriff decides to hypnotize Justin, hoping that he will be able to remember what happened. While under hypnosis, Justin describes Investigators, because parts of the dream were like mixed with the murders. He had said in his dream. Described two men, one with short hair and one with long hair. He was also able to describe the men pretty well, and a composite sketch was made of the suspects. And when investigators looked at the sketch, they realized the suspects bore a striking resemblance. smart was Justin's stepfather, who lived in the cabin adjacent to Cabin 28 with Justin and his mother. Marty was a Vietnam veteran, and he had suffered from some pretty significant PTSD, and he was known to be very aggressive and violent. his wife, Marilyn, as well as to her son, Justin. It was even reported that on one occasion, he became so enraged he tried to run over his wife and stepson with a car. After this, he was admitted to the VA Mental Health Hospital, and while he was at the hospital, House, He was just like sleeping on the couch and kind of crashing there. And Bo was a pretty sketchy guy. He had a long criminal history and spent a lot of time in prison. Austin's mom, Marilyn, was interviewed by investigators from the Department of Justice. Marilyn tells investigators that on the night of the murders, Bo had asked Sue Sharp out, but Sue had turned him down. She also tells police she had. a friend Bo had been crashing on the couch. Police know Bo. They know he has a nasty temper, and now they know that he was not happy that Sue Sharp had turned him down. So they begin to come up with this theory that these men had been involved, and this theory actually makes a lot of sense because it explained why the boys in the bedroom had been spared. Because one of them was Marty's stepson. The sheriff brings Marty and Bo in for questioning and the sheriff has been criticized for how this was handled. Instead of bringing in some Experienced homicide investigators, he decided to bring in two organized crime investigators from the Department of Justice. Now, for some reason, Bo and Marty were questioned together. Bo tells the investigators that he used to be a police officer, and this is just a flat-out them that he was shot in an armed robbery, and due to this injury he is now impotent, so he wouldn't hammer claims. Police let the two men go without really looking into their stories much, and the two leave town right away, and they were never re-interviewed. There are a lot of theories as to why police didn't look into these men harder as suspects. A lot of rumors began to surface about some police corruption in this small town, and these rumors only intensified when it was realized that the sheriff had been very close friends with Marty. People in town began to suspect that the local police had pressured the boys into not giving evidence against Bowen. Justin had been afraid of his stepfather and it was believed that he had likely witnessed something the night of the murder but that Marty had threatened the boy and then Justin was like trying to be truthful with the police and kind of turned it into this dream he had. The way this investigation was handled had stopped investigating the case and why Marty and Bo were allowed to leave without a second look at the men. Some people thought that maybe Bo was some type of police informant and he was helping, um, get some big mobsters. So the police had. Organized crime in the Chicago area. There was speculation that he had even been in the witness protection program. There were some investigators who were not convinced that Marty and Bo were not involved, so they began to put pressure on the sheriff about. The investigation seemed to have been mishandled from the beginning, but was it just that, a poorly investigated crime, or was it a cover-up? It seems that there was a lot of evidence left out on purpose, but with no one really even investigating the case. signed and took a job with the Department of Justice in Sacramento. It was rumored that the sheriff had advised Marty and Bo to get out of town as soon as they were finished being questioned. Years go by. was in fact a human skull. Police did think this was missing from police evidence, and so it wasn't able to be investigated. In 1988, Bo dies. Marty dies in 2000. When Sheila Sharp, the surviving daughter, hears that both Bo and Marty have died, she realizes the case will never be solved these men will never be brought to justice, and she will never know why her mother and brother were murdered. In 2010, a new sheriff was assigned to Keddie, and he orders his detectives to take a fresh look at the Keddie murders. Investigators bring out all the evidence in the case that has been... Just kind of stored away and basically forgotten. They pour over every single piece of evidence and read through all the case files. They come across something very interesting. Marty had been going to the VA to see a therapist, so police. he had confessed to the murders. He had said, quote, I killed the woman and her girl, but I didn't have anything to do with the boys, End quote. So this proves to the new sheriff, at the very least, this case hadn't been investigated properly, or maybe the murder had been covered up by the sheriff dismissed this therapist's testimony as hearsay. To solve the case, they needed evidence. They needed some sort of scientific proof. Over the course of their investigation, one of the officers finds a cassette tape in the back corner of an evidence box. This was the tape, the missing Sharps remains. The tape was sent to the FBI, and voice comparison analysis was done. Police also discovered a handwritten letter postmarked 16 days after the killings. This letter was to Chance he wants to try and repair their marriage. In the letter, it says. a man using a metal detector around the lake and Ketty finds a hammer. He throws it into the lake thinking it's just some old worthless hammer. But later, he stumbles upon this website that is dedicated to solving the Ketty murders. So this man uses the contact through the website to inform police he had found. to the elements, but police were still hopeful that maybe they could get some DNA from the hammer. Perhaps something under the rubber grip that could be lifted. It has been three decades since the murders were committed and they still Accepted theories about this case involves a love triangle between Marty, Marilyn, and Sue. This theory says that Marty and Sue had been having a secret affair, but Sue wanted more. She didn't want a secret affair. She wanted to marry Marty. She lived. So, Marilyn tells Sue that Marty is abusive to her, and Sue tries to urge her to leave him. But, allegedly, Marty finds out that Sue has been, like, meddling in his marriage. So he enlists his good friend, the hitman, Bo, to take out Sue. The teenage boys became involved killed as well, but of course, Marty wouldn't want to kill his stepson, so the younger boys were not killed. Another theory in this case is that Bo and Marty had been involved in a much larger drug smuggling ring, and several corrupt members of the Getty Police Department had also been This day, this case remains unsolved.